Hello and welcome to the Talking Wednesday. It's me, Punk Chef 41, aka Jake. I am doing a solo episode today. Jack is busy and James isn't very well. So hopefully James will get better soon. And Jack, good luck with whatever you're doing today. Let's do the usual housekeeping before we start on the usual format of the podcast. If you could become a channel member, we'd much appreciate it. That really helps. There is a Talking Wednesday extra video. That is my one this week. Uh, please go give that a watch if you're a member. And we'll do more of that. It's a video once a month from one of the uh, hosts of the Talking Wednesday. And we'll see what we can get out there for you. If you want to join the Discord, let us know. Uh, email Talking Wed to get access for that at times because it is that kind of thing but let's talk about what my week's been like because let's not break tradition let's keep tradition as it is we normally have how's your week been jake and this week it's been interesting i'm finding a lot of things on my house that have got issues with it and i wish i did a full survey on this house but i couldn't afford it at the time if you're gonna buy a house get it completely fully surveyed top to bottom don't pay for the one way 500 quid where they drive past you out. Make sure it's standing and drive off again. Go and have a deep look and get builders, get plumbers, get if you need anything like that. Have some roofers normally come and do your free quotation to see if there's any work that need doing on the roof in terms of when you're buying. Please get that done because I'm finding so many issues at the minute and it's just doing my head in. It's one of the joys of home ownership, owning your own home. But then the bad part about it is that you have to like fix everything yourself. That is one of the benefits from renting. But with renting, you're having to pay for someone else's mortgage. And it's not fun. You want to kind of have it that you own the house. So I'm in a very looking fortunate position that I can. And all these things are just really massively getting on top of me. At the minute, it's really starting to do my head in. Because you're trying to get on top of it. And then you find something else that's an issue. And it's something else that's an issue. It just snowballs and it's really doing my head in. I'd like my house to just be a little bit more nicer to me. But apart from that, I've been putting out videos out. Uh, I've been working on my own other podcast called the F and D. It's me, it's F and D, where I talk about my disability. I've got some big stuff going with that soon because it's soon going to be F and D awareness month in March. I think it's. I think the day is actually 25th of March, but they tend to try and just have it as like one big month, like building all up to that one day. So I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to do an episode for that. Uh, and it's it, it taxing because I've done a lot of that recently. But also, remember there is reviews to be left on the podcast. Please leave your reviews on Podchaser, uh, Apple Podcast, uh, Spotify. I think Spotify can only do Star System. Google Podcast, it really would help us get the reviews out there to the uh, get up in the algorithm on the charts because that's how it does help. It's a bit like the like button on YouTube. It helps the algorithm. The more reviews you've got, the more it pushes it. So it'll be great to do that. And yeah, let's talk about Wednesday this week then in terms of football matches. We had Peterborough United come to town and... I know somebody who was at that Plymouth game versus Peterborough versus Plymouth. And he said, these two teams can't defend it. It should be a goal fest at your place. Now, midweek, they had a game versus Charlton, which was, I believe it was nil-nil. Yeah, it was nil-nil and they had a man sent off in that. And they, they had defensive frailties. They were looking like they needed to bulk things up a little bit. And you think they're going to have a change of system with that man sent off. It's going to change everything how it is. And you're like, right, how are we going to cope with that? And you know what? In that first half of the game, they had a game tactic. And the tactic was to wind us up. And you know what? It worked. They got properly under our player's skin. Like, really under our player's skin. And I think that is a tactic teams are using now. I think it's a tactic that teams are trying to do and time waste quite early on. I thought they were very time wasteful in that game, to be fair. And you're thinking about this and you're going, right, can we do anything to sort that out? Like, Byers was very lucky. He was walking on a tightrope at the time because he was really trying. He lost his head. 
let's just say what it is. There was a great opportunity for Windash though. Windash really clever foot corner comes in by Bannon, plays it to him, hits the crossbar. That goes in, it really would have set the tone 100%. But we were still trying to get these uh, moments. Jaden Brown trying to go down the wing, and we'll talk about him in a minute. Looking really assured again. And you're thinking, right, we can try and get something out of this if we calm down a little bit. And they had the chances, nothing really clear cut. Um, but you're like, let's see what happens. Flynn and Bannon both went in the book in the first half. But it was interesting watching Flynn take Byers shoulder round and go, calm down. Let's calm it down. Let's just do our game and not play to them. And the referee was what any NFL referee is. And we're not going to say anything more than that. Well, I, I, it got to a point where you don't want to start doing that. You want to you wanna just play the game. And if you let the referee dictate how you're going to play or you let the players dictate how you're going to be, it can be a completely different ball game. Second half, Darren Moore calmed them down and we managed to start playing our better football, like much better football. Um... Flint and Volks had chances, really good chances as well. Flint was knocking on the door a lot. And you're thinking, we can do this. We woke up. We kind of attacked. We did that attacking play we're good at. We weren't letting them dictate or wind us up as much. It's like Darren just gone to him at half time and said, calm down, play your game. You're playing into their hands. And teams are going to do that with us. Let's be honest. We are on an unbeaten run at the moment. And teams are going to play into that aspect. We're top of the league. And they're going to want to find any way of trying to get an advantage. And if that is winding one of our players up to get sent off, sent off even, they're going to do that. And we've just got to react to it. But Jaden Brown, once again, had a great game last week and uh, got an assist. Gets gets a goal. He, he'll be claiming it, but he's gone down as an own goal by Thompson. Looks like a shot come crossing kind of thing. He was trying to play the ball from the byline and it gone off the uh, Pompey man and gone in the net. And it's 1-0. It was a great goal. It really did set the tone. But Jaden Brown in this game also pulled off a last-ditch saving tackle to stop a certain goal. They were through. Flint and everyone were gone. Brown absolutely sprinted from the halfway line to get back there, make that tackle. Got it. And Flint's reaction was just pushing him away in celebration and say, you got this, you got this, you're the man, that was brilliant. And Brown's really stepped up, he's really stepped up, he's taken his opportunity well. And yeah, we had we had what me and uh, Worko said about Brown, but it's shown that the mentality is there. We get a 1-0 win, but if you look at the stats, it was 49% possession to their 51, 12 shots, 3 on target, 7 corners, 18 foul files, and 9 by that them. Barry Bannon had double the amount of passes that entire team had. Uh, Barry Bannon doing what Barry Bannon does. He's a cheat code in League One. We already know this. But it was interesting because before the game, Darren Moore press conference, he turned around and said, the analogy you was that we're like the British rowing team. Uh, because if a team, if a rower looked behind to try and see where they're going, uh, to see how close they are to finish, they throw everyone off. The rowing team just keep going at the same stride. We don't look behind us. We just keep concentrating on what we're doing. So it's very much so. We don't look behind us. We don't look ahead of ourselves. We just keep in that moment. And I thought it was an excellent analogy by Darren Moore. And you never think of things like that until it's heard in public, like someone said it. And it was an excellent analogy. And you don't think because everyone is firing on all cylinders. Josh Windath, that was his 100th appearance for Wednesday uh, on Saturday. And he it's shown that he's really matured as a player. And I think this is the most appearance he's had at any club. He's enjoying his football. You've got the likes of Gregory coming on and playing some decent little fells. And we just put in another very smart, professional performance. And you've got the thing here where we've got 21 games without a defeat in the league while maintaining a three-point gap at the top now. And you, we've just got to keep building on this. We have to just keep building on this league we've got and not look behind us, not look in front of us, just keep going. Because at the rate we're going, we're playing some really good football. We're getting the results out. We're grinding the results. Yes, the 1-0s and some people have gone, 
like it to be prettier football. But Canseri was at the game and there's a video that's gone around where he's waving the waving an old Wednesday shirt, getting the crowd up. And that's lovely to see. It's nice to see an owner like just getting involved in it. You've got to be careful. If he drops off that side bit, he'll be in trouble. Um, because it's had a long drop. But he's enjoying it. He's backing the manager. He's enjoying watching the football because it there's a real buzz around the place at the minute at Wednesday. And so it should be. And that's from what Darren Moore's installed on the players. That's what Darren Moore's installed on the fans, uh, the staff around the ground. He's always said, it's not just the players, this. It's the people who are behind the scenes. It's the physios. It's the laundrette lot. It's the data analyst. It's the groundsmen. It's the canteen staff. It's the people on match day that are working like stewards, uh, refreshments. He make sure everyone gets a mention. And I like that because it's not just Wednesday, it's everyone as a whole. And we're just playing some football that is hard to beat. And what was the one thing we've always said on here? Leave one football, the way you get out of it is you make yourself hard to beat and pick up those wins out of nowhere. Or you pick up wins and then make yourself hard to beat while doing it. And we've done that. Like it five months now. I don't want to mention any more about that because I don't want to say anything. <laughs> but we are playing some good football. So let's have a look at some of the results round the League One, shall we? So there were some games in midweek. Portsmouth three, Bolton one. That was a turn up because Bolton has had a really good run of late. They've been playing some excellent football. Um, you're thinking, can they go on and keep going with this run? Well, this says to me that. Might be a little bit of a sticky patch coming up soon because it's interesting. Lincoln won, MK Dons won. Good result for MK Dons. Uh, Lincoln don't win many at home. Um, they've, draw, they've drawn a stupid amount this season at home. They don't win many. Derby County 2, Cheltenham 0. Good result for Derby. Keeps them in the mix. Uh, Peterborough 0, Charlton 0. And that red card for Peterborough was the man that they didn't use in this game. So, let's go for the game during the Saturday fixtures list then, shall we? Morecambe nil, Bolton nil. Great result for Morecambe. Again, it feels like the... It doesn't feel like the wheels have fallen off Bolton, but they do this little period where this does tend to happen with Bolton. And they go on little runs and then they're just trying to find this run back. They've got to prepare for that uh, Papa John trophy final versus... Plymouth, I think it is, and it's a Peterborough. Plymouth and Morecambe. Morecambe are a team who's looking for any point possible because they're not doing well down there. This would have been a blow for Bolton. Uh, for me, I think they would have wanted to get all three points. Wickham won, Exeter City won, Bristol Rovers nil, Barnsley nil. Great result for Bristol Rovers. Uh, Barnsley, a good team. They're looking for that promotion for Derby 2, Shrewsbury Town 2. At one point, I believe Shrewsbury were winning in this game and Derby managed to get a draw out of this. They will be very disappointed not to get a win there because at home. But Shrewsbury are a very good team this season. They played some excellent football and looking like they could be dark horses for the playoffs. Uh, Ipswich 4, Burton nil. Now, this was Ipswich at their finest. They pull out these results all the time where they just play superb football. They really do just, sometimes they can be really good. Connor Chatelain with two, I think Freddie Ladapo got one, uh, Nathan Broadbent got one as well. They are just a very good footballing team when they're on it. The only issue with it switch is when they're on it. They're very hit and miss at times. Sheffield Wednesday won, Peterborough nil. Uh, one nil to Portsmouth first to Cambridge. Portsmouth having a very good run actually at the moment. I think they're the, one of the informed sides at the moment. So makes me a bit wary. We do have the next. I'll talk about that later. But yeah, uh, got to be on our game on that one. Port Vale 1, MK Dons 0, Atkinson Stanley 2, Forest Green 1. I think Forest Green took the lead in that and Stanley got it back. Um, interesting because that was a kind of relegation table clash, especially for Atkinson Stanley. I think sadly Forest Green are down. Uh, Cheltenham Town 1, Fleetwood 0. Uh, good result for Cheltenham. Fleet would have been playing some very good football and picking up results. Uh, Plymouth 2, Charlton 0. 
We could have done with Charlton just playing a little bit better and helping us out there. Plymouth getting all three points to keep just keeps the pressure on us. But Plymouth at home are a different animal, let's be honest. And Lincoln City won. Oxford nil. Lincoln City pick up a win at home. No draw. A win. That's incredible because they just got so many draws. And managerless Oxford United are still looking for that manager after Carl Robbins. Uh, it's not been a great season. They're not in great place. So let's have a look at the table. So Sheffield Wednesday are top of the table on 74 points with a 38 goal difference. But we played 33. Remember, we've got a goal game in hand. Plymouth Argyle have played 34. They're on 24 goal difference and on 71. Ipswich are on 34 goal difference, 68 points. Bolton, 23 goal difference, 63 points. Derby County, 5th, 24 goal difference, 61. And Barnsley make up the playoff base is with 21 goal difference and 60 points. That being said, Barnsley do have uh, a lot of games in hand. Uh, if you have a look about it, they've got the most games in hand in the playoff run, really. And if you look at the bottom, it is Forest Green on 23 points at the bottom, minus 39, Cambridge United, minus 29 and 29 points, NK Don minus 23 and 30 points, and Morecambe, minus 20, 32. With Atkinson Stanley getting that win, moved them with 34 points and Burton on 35. It's interesting because you look at that on that bottom like you look at MK Dons and how good of a season they had last season and how well they played. But it shows you what happens if you lose your star men in attack and defense, it's gonna cause you issues. And that's basically been the downfall of MK Dons, sadly. But let's go into the news, shall we? Like we always do. And this is from the Examiner. Sheffield Wednesday unlikely inspired to in quest to hit 100 points total. So it's interesting, this one. Darren Moore's size are on a superb run of form. They top of League One and are closing in our five months since they last, last league defeat. If remarkable feels that only sparkling clubs achieve in most golden campaigns. The fact that only four teams across the four decisions have done it over the past decade, the perfect highlight that to reach 100 points is perhaps one of the generational achievements for clubs. Who knows when Sheffield went through will net present a team that can even be to think of that general possibility. Some may suggest that we are jumping the gun. We are talking about promotion for granted, perhaps. But this went decide the vast majority, which was signed by Darren Moore, have long shaken off the tag as pretenders. They are quite simply the real deal and staggering 20-game unbeaten run is proof of that. And proudly to sit top of the di division, it looks like they went when, not if, they get that P next to their name. Avoid defeat against Peterborough the coming weekend, which we didn't, which was a 1-0 win. Undefeated Street will hit five-month mark. They are currently sit it, at the time of recording. At the side of the article, even, was 71. We're now on 74 points from 32 matches. It's, they win their remaining 14 games, which cut... Could happen, but realistically won't. But let's not get away. They would end up on 130, 113 points. That would be incredible. But it's one of those things. I It's always two points per game. This has been the motto of getting out of League One. Two points per game every time. Uh, and we're on call for that. We are really on call for that. We're playing some really good football. And I think the good thing about this team this season is I think it's the first time where you're not seeing a bunch of players or mismatch from other managers. I think for me, this is the first time we've seen when they finally have a team where the manager, the manager's players are all the player. I think they, I think apart from Palmer, Dawson, Carlos, they left from the Car uh, Palmer, Dawson, Bannon, all left from the Carlos era. They're pretty much now all Darren Moore players. And I think when you get to a point where you can put in your own players instead of to do the mismatch of players all over the place, I think it really does help that we got that set up now where there's a team full of Darren Moore players. If we could get the 100 point mark, that would be fantastic. But 
let's be realistically here. Let's go one game at a time because I think that's how the team are doing it. That's how we're doing it. I think a lot of the fans are already talking about the possibility of promotion and possibility of a title. But let's just call our horses. Nothing's won in March. Nothing's won in March. There's still a lot of games to go. We got If we can get our games in hand sorted, win that, it will help massively. But we'll see what happens there because it will be interesting to see what happens on the long run and games that are coming up. And a lot of teams are playing each other round about the playoffs and top end of the table. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But yeah, could we possibly get the 113 points or 100 points? Let us know. So, Sheffield Wednesday got this decision coming up soon for players. They come from the start. Life changing calls soon to be made on future. Sheffield Wednesday players, a decision make marker separates emotions. The club made an early statement on the release status of nine of their under 21 squad last, last time out, with Liam Ward come under told they could seek trials with other clubs. The announcement came in March and thought it remained to be seen whether the club decided to take a similar path this time out. Meetings regarding the futures of the youngsters are set to take place imminently. Sheffield Winter youth coach, uh, we'll, we'll get together and start making when the 21s has said. There might be early decisions on one or two. That might be a decision they are deferred for a bit longer to see where they're at. It's a tough time for them. Never easy, but but it's there. It's been released, but then I had contract at the other end where the joy in it is part of being a football they have to earn the right and each every day is a chance to impress several years into creation of the youth coach with Wendy Thompson it's a matter of fact regarding how conversations over release of young players go uh, he says not really he said because it's all done to me and done many years at the end of the day it's an honest decision and I don't have an issue doing it whatsoever it's great giving good news. It's not so great giving the bad news as long as you're honest with people. That's that's not an issue for it. Part of the role. Football is like that. Ups and downs down the country. And you see a lot of players get released. Like a lot of 21s, under 18s. Uh, and they start at under 9s and get filtered down. The cream rises rises and challenges everyone to get to that top bit. The likes of Sean Fuser, Rio Shipton, Adam Adatorum, and three youngsters who have been offered the opportunity to train with the first team in recent weeks. All three are believed to have contracts running until the summer of 2025. Interesting, they're long contract for youth players as well. Something I'm not used to seeing us do. And the thought that the vast improvement to be made, the trio can offer sources of inspiration by the younger counterparts. They are a long way from the finished article and they have a lot of work to do, but the incentives there for the other boys, whether they can get there, Thompson said, on the trio. It's up to them to push someone else out of the way because it's worth fighting for. Football with young'uns, is about heading those disappointments, not playing well, not being selected, being on the bench. It's how you handle it. Those disappointments are putting in front, front foot forward in training. The one thing that they can control is their attitude and their obstacles, uh, the way it is and how they react to them. I've always thought the way players are released and stuff is interesting for me. And it's one of those things where you think about it as a normal job. If you get a relief from a normal job, you have to go get another job. And I think some people forget that players play football as a job and not just for our enjoyment. And I think some people forget, especially with young players, it's like there's a lot of times we've seen it where when the youngsters have left us and gone lower league and then done a lot better through the lower league and then come up or gone non-league. Look at um, players who we've had in the past. Like we, we were well known as not making the right call on some of them, i.e. Jamie Vardy. But that was a call we made and you have to make that decision. Sometimes those calls pay off. Sometimes those calls don't. Uh, we have an okay youth setup. It's not the best. I would like to see it improved if we can. And the youth, the youth setup, it, for me, it needs to start blooding in more younger talent into the Sheffield Wednesday first team because they're not going to get the opportunity otherwise, because it's great having certain cup competitions where we can play players, don't get me wrong, but I think this is one of those ones where we need to start finding a better route to get them into first-team football, and it seems like under Darren Moore, 
it seems like that is starting to happen in with a lot of the conversations that he has with the squad and with how he speaks to his members of staff. It does seem like there's a lot more going through now through Darren to find out who's going to get a starting place and who's going to be in that first team. But some tough conversation to have for players, uh, parents and coaches. Hopefully, if we get players that stay, good luck and try and get into that first team. And if there's some players that get released, good luck for the future. And we hope you find clubs soon. So... This week was interesting. It was Darren Moore's two-year anniversary of being at the club. It feels like a long time ago because when we got him in, everything was a bit of a mess. But this comes from the Examiner. Darren Moore, Sheffield Wednesday, revolution, two years on, culture shift, recruitment and stability. Today, at the time of writing this article, marked the two years since Darren Moore was appointed Sheffield Wednesday manager but was it a secret? It was it the secret, the club's success this season. Darren Moore had ch ch changed not only when the results on the pitch, but their culture off it too. Sometimes to properly appreciate the good times, you first have to reflect on the bad times, bad ones that came before. When Darren Moore arrived at Sheffield Wednesday back on March 1st, 2021, feels like a long time ago, that doesn't it? Exactly two years ago today, he inherited a team that would void of confidence, more more hopeful of beating relegation from championship rather than expecting it. He was the fourth man at the helm that was be becoming a season to forget. Yeah, that really was a season to forget. And I think if you have four managers in one season, there's only one way you're going. The team has enjoyed an initial flurry on the can taken Neil Thompson, but the Melia paper cracked. The side has lost four on the fin by time Moore entered the building after being convinced to walk out on Doncaster Rovers' side that was in the playoffs in League One. Many at the time questioned his decision-making, suggesting his current and former clubs could be swapping the divisions. Indeed, when they were in a rut, a clutch of high earners were nearing the end of their contract, and the belief among a large portion of the fan base was that they were simply going through the motions. The sequence of defeat didn't, didn't alter after more arrived. Four losses became five, five became six, six became seven. Ultimately, it, the revival came too late and it was too merged when they were relegation into the sorry circumstances with Derby celebrating on their offence on the miserable final day in the front of empty stands. For more, who had been out of out on large chunks of time at his new club had after being bedridden following a serious case of COVID, it was represented uh the representation of the near. It was secondly relegation as a manager in the face of four seasons, but both admittedly were asterisks against Thanksgiving. He was only in charge of fleeting West Brom, and when they went down in 2017-18 season, he had just 14 he had just 14 games at Wednesday. So the summer proved to be one of Moore's properly to make uh, his mark. The vast most informants of big earners were allowed to move on. Important signs were made to refresh. Playing style also came off with Wednesday falling short in the playoffs and eventually winners Sunderland. Now, one of the interesting things about this uh, squad for me was when Darren Moore had COVID, because I didn't mention it during that bit, but when Darren Moore had COVID, he was very ill. He had uh, 48 hours where he had uh, nurses who were cardiac nurses ready to help him if anything happened he was really ill and one of the things that kind of got on my back a little bit was so many people at the time were going oh he doesn't want to do this he don't want that um he if he if, if he's on the phone he's well enough to be there he was very ill we are very lucky that this man managed to come out of that and is still managing us right now because i think you have to look at it as the human side of it. There's a human being who's very ill and wanted to take this job fully. I think if he doesn't get COVID twice and be really ill, we're probably in a different situation. He may have been able to turn it around a little bit quicker. But it is what it is and we are where we are. So, But I just thought I'd mention that because I think a lot of people were at the time still turning around and going, oh, Darren's not, not actually that ill and he was very ill. So going back to the article... 
But more knew there were plenty of time to improve. Far too often that season, the team would throw away leads and be able to get back into matches after going behind. Their substance con to concerning form from set pieces too, and feeling they were over-resilient on loan signing, the vast majority of whom failed to make a lasting impression. Wednesday suffered a final, final day relegation from the Championship in the first few months of more tenure. Wednesday suffered the final day relegation, and it wasn't great, was it? Let's be honest, it was horrible. The following summer, more seek to address this, and this is looked though he played a blinder. He recruited signing, not only knew the Zoom, but he knew how to promote out of it. So he's talking about this summer's. David Stockdale, Michael Whitway, Will Vote, Michael Smith have all recently played inside that have been successfully gate to beard tier. Another aspect of the squad more wanted to address with the versatility of players, not only capable of filling in a different position, but thriving. That versatility proved pivotal in the recent weeks with injuries starting to bite and lone players returning to parent club. Reese James had been a perfect example of this with Blackpool. Lone prior to his injury looked at home on the left-hand side of a centre-back. The trio to fight a full-back by trade, he spoke uh, exclusively recently about enjoying the environment at Wednesday, something that strikes a chord, especially when uttered to a player on loan. That's something we've had happen a hell of a lot. You look at what Wednesday have brought in, and every time you hear a player talk, they always say how good it is. Uh, Reed Jane said, of course, it's well and good. It's in the squad on paper, looking strong, getting promotion, but they require proper training. And it's been, it been that whole thing. You've seen what more done, more worked very much with um, organised such as the League Managers Association, Professional Football Association, and these willing to engage in community activities. He's really taken on the community aspect of the club. At the start of the year, for instance, to visit Greengate Lane Academy to highlight anti-racism as the community activities like not PRX side. For more, he wants his players and his staff in man himself and look how passionately yet yeah, claps along to hi-ho Sheffield Wednesday um, hi-ho silver lining on the top line and start singing it now as well which is interesting another huge part of the imprint of Wednesday has been the intangible aspect he's improved traits and qualities as that's beyond that happened between 3pm and 5pm Saturday culture is a word often used by new managers upon their arrival at clubs it's a buzzword that is thrown around, but very few truly put their own stamp on the club and even fewer benefit from the implementations. Lone EJ then slides the first side that more heats out in his recruitment. The big thing for me, building a culture of football club, more said, I arrived at football and I was, wasn't deluded about the size of the task the club had. It's not me down more the manager, I'm just a cog. Everyone has to play their part, the fans, everyone in turning the club around and getting good feeling and fortune back in here to get people coming here and pound proud of the support in their team. The quotes were, of course, from uh, a year ago in February 2022, but they ring truer even now. Of course, supporters will be on side when they're riding a high on top of the league on a long and beaten run, but when the personal person chiefly responsible for that puts so much effort into the time and make it possible, it means a bit more. Nobody's suggesting when the problems are fully solved. They are, of course... A resigning first third tier team and simply that has to change this season. But if they can continue the same trajectory, then futures especially bright will smell the hell. And that is very true. Darren Moore has come in and changed so much. He changed how they do PR, he changed how they talk about things. The way Darren Moore speaks as well. He speaks very highly of lonely players. He speaks very highly of other managers. He he's not one to like some people have said in the past, like they'll say, why is he being so nice to this? And there've been a lot of people go knife knife managers don't win things. But at the minute Dan Moore's showing that when they're doing well and he's enjoying the relationship with Chancery. He's enjoying the players he's got. And I think he can make a culture that's great to come into work and be fine with. Look at the behind-the-scenes videos that we're doing currently and look at how the players are before a game or while they're getting ready for the game. They're all durable. They're all well. And that's something Darren Moore's put in place to his players to say, this is how I want you to be. This is how it's going to be. And I think Darren's also put in that kind of thing if when it comes to transfers. If a player is going to go, oh, I'll come back to you. It's like, no, yeah, you either want to do come here 
Or if you don't, I'll just move on to a new target. It's very, very simple because at the end of the day, if you want to be here and play for the clubs, then you'll tell me now. But if not, I'll move on to a target. So he's not going to wait for players. Darren came into a team that was really devoid of confidence. It was devoid of any kind of help from above at times. I think we all kind of thought when Darren Moore came in, it was the case of we're going to get relegated, so we need to build for League One, which, fair enough, that was how it looked. And maybe if he didn't get as ill that March and April where he had us in May, he might have been able to get us out of it. I still think he's the man to probably get us up to the Premier League maybe one day. I think what Darren Moore's doing at Wednesday and how he's building the culture with how he changed things around is incredible. The it's And you think two years is a, in footballing is quite a short time in management for a club for Wednesday. And... With how many managers we've gone through, it's nice to see us have that consistency and stick with them. Because chance here, we could have quite easily turned around and said, your goal was to get promotion this year. You never got promotion, I'm going to sack you. But he didn't. He'd gone, right, didn't work. Told me what didn't work. Told me where we need to improve. What do I need to help you with? What do I need to help bring in? And I think that relationship they got helped going forward. You've got to remember, they didn't meet for the for a longest time because of COVID. They had to other certain things they had to do before that. And I think if you look at what Darren Moore's done and the relationship he's got with Chancery, take take example for this transfer window. He didn't want to just bring anyone in. He could have quite easily just left it. He could have quite easily just left it and gone, right. Uh, he could have quite easily just gone, right, I need to get this player in. I'll bring in XYZ player and we'll get that. We're done. But he, he knew what we needed. He knew we needed a centre-half. He knew what we needed one with experience. Go for someone who's already been at the club. So a little bit easier to convince to come to the club. We'll have already been on the recruitment team's radar from when he last came in because we still got the same recruitment team when Aidan Flint came in. you got to remember, this is an Aidan Flint who never played in front of Wednesday fans and he is doing now. Because when he came in, we were in lockdown. I think Darren Moore is getting the right plaudits, but Darren Moore is also very level-headed about when he talks about things. He's not getting too far ahead. He's not getting too far behind, if that makes sense. He's not, he's not trying to say it's done. He will only say it's done once the, that last game of the season's done. And he'll take probably two, knowing Darren Moore, he'll take two, three weeks off and he'll be back again. Or two weeks off have his little vacation and be back to right. I need to plan for the championship now. Because what a lot of people forget is Darren Moore didn't have hardly any time off after that uh, Sunderland game. He cracked back onto it to try and figure out how we're going to do this and get this sorted. Because he knew there were things that needed fixing. It needed to get sorted immediately. Then just wait a couple of weeks, recharge and get sorted. And that's credit to Darren Moore. That credit for him putting in the time to go and look into that kind of stuff and think, this is how we can fix this. This is how, what, how I want to fix it. This is what I need to bring in. And the, the recruitment been brilliant. Uh, some of the signings have been very good. I can't think of many poor signings this season. Um, no, I really can't actually think of any poor signings this season. They've all been really good. I think... He just got on playing in a way and made it so the players are confident to get in there. And you look at like having Will Vokes. He got man of the match on Saturday. Superb performance. You don't see Vokes is starting to turn into that play where you know he's on the pitch, but you also forget he's on the pitch because he does so much good all the time. Stockdale, he might not be playing, but he's on the sidelines helping the players get ready for games. Uh, you've got a Whitway who's injured at me, but when he was in the squad, he was super. He was superb at the back. I know I say that word a lot. I apologise. I need to get a new dictionary. But we played some excellent football under Darren Moore and it's just getting better. And I think if we can keep it going and change, because it'll be a different style when we go up, I think, or kind of thing, because I think he'll have to change it a bit. But there are times where we're passing the ball really well before we've got an even close to having a chance on goal and keeping that ball retention. 
So Darren Moore, two years at club. Let let it may continues. Let me know your thoughts on it. But I'm very happy to have a manager who's instilled this confidence into the fans and into the players and just all around changed the confidence at Sheffield Wednesday Football Club. So we have a little bit of a story here, but it's also a little bit of a non-starter non as well, but we'll talk about it anyway. So reporter Alan Nixon, Nixon recently claimed by Football League World that the Owls are eyeing two youngsters in Australia's defence. Uh, Turner, Turner and Blackpool teenager attacking Chemo. Um, it, it's an interesting one, this, right? Because to be fair, it seems like we're only really looking at one of them than the other. Could uh, Turner look like it's more of a non-starter? But so here's here the situation. So. We we were rumored that we were going to be looking at um uh claims that we were looking at defender turn and Blackpool teenager tackle Chemel. Turner holds a British passport which could help him in terms of move to Yorkshire while Chemel contract he was set to expire in the summer. Now, I think it's more than likely we're going to be looking at Chemel than it is the other one. Um so Joe Cran took Twitter on Monday share what he heard on both Turner and Chemel in terms of potential move for Sheffield Wednesday. He said the youngsters are having a look at, at the Australians, but had been told there's no interest in the black black firm forward at the moment in time. Crane tweeted, as it's been reported, Sheffield went there having a look at teenage centre-back Declan Turner. The Australian defence is on trial at the club and told there's no went interest in black firm rover youngster George Chemmel's sing stand. That could change, though. Uh, Turner could be one of those ones where we'll look at him at middle road, see what he can do, have a look at on the short trial that he's impressed on, maybe go there. Now, the one with Chemel, and it sounds like less likely, contribute with 18 goals, 38 games uh, for Blackburn's under 18s. So it will be interesting, but I can see him probably staying at Black Blackburn. Uh, Turner, Turner, on the other hand, looks like something we could add in. And if you notice, we're starting to add more and more little puzzles into our recruitment in terms of the youth. We're looking at a lot of non-league players. We're looking at a lot of players who are not necessarily coming straight out of a Premier League academy. They're coming out of a Blackburn academy or they're coming out of a Championship Clubs academy or we're looking at players lower league who are playing certain football and like they have a day job so they're going to quit that day job to then come and work at Wednesday now one of the things that you got to remember Lee Gregory one of those players he was one of those players who was playing for Halifax down started very late in his footballing career but he was one of those lower league players Jamie Vardy is another example there are good examples of players playing outside of the so-called academy setups and get into championship and Premier League teams and go on to have very successful careers. If we can find another couple of diamonds like that, put them in our youth academy, and then promote on after that, that'd be fantastic. And I think it's it, the way it's going. It is the way it's going in football. So it would be interesting to see what Wendy do here on that. So two topics uh, from the community topic from the Discord. So this is John J. FT1. He goes, I was on holiday a few months ago and a Barnsley fan told me he heard the club have put put a lot of promotion this season and if we don't get promoted, they will be financially ruined. Do you think this might be true? And if so, how serious do you think it might be? Um, I don't know on this one. I do have some uh, family members who are Barnsley fans and I, I know things are not great at times, but... If you look at bringing in Michael Duffin and you look at how they've done it, I don't think it'll be that bad. But if they're if they've gone with the aim we're going straight back up, and that's how they set their budget, it would be quite bad for them. But I don't know how. I can't see it because I can't see Barnsley setting that kind of their big thing, their big door. We're going to go up first time. They're not normally the club. They do. They are normally called that bounce back up but they're not normally the club that will throw a lot of money 
to try and make it so it's thing. They are very good at being run a little bit sensibly. Uh, granted, they had the whole issue at the start of the season with the heck sponsorship, which was that cryptocurrency, which didn't help. And I have seen that at times they've made some questionable choices in terms of sponsorship, in terms of how things are run. And it makes you wonder. And if it is true, they're going to have to figure out how to fix it and fast. Because I, if I remember correctly, they are owned by a Hong Kong businessman, uh, Barnsley. Let me just check. Um, I think I'm pretty sure they're owned by someone in Hong Kong. And it's, it's interesting, their ownership, because is it Hong Kong? Navas, is that, is that his name? I'm not the stone on the custodian. Let's have a look. Who owns Barnsley? Uh, so it's an investment company. That homes and that which is registered in Hong Kong, so that tells you a little bit more. So it's a it's a load of different people. So it's a it's a family, the Cheyenne family, the Nevar Park, then Greytong, Hong Conway, and Chan Lee King Lee. Uh, so interestingly, it's based the club is one hundred percent solidated the BFC Investment Company Limited and a company registered in Hong Kong. So. I think investment companies are always interesting when they run football clubs because you don't have just one person running it. There's a lot more people having a say and how things are run. I think it makes it a little bit harder to run a club when there's more than one person owning it. I think consult consultiums are difficult with that. You've got different levels of people and how they go from there. So if it is really serious, we have to be very, very they have to be very, very careful, figure out what they need to do. I can't see them doing a FFP breach, but it will be interesting to see what happens. But that is interesting. If if that is the issue, scary times if you're a Barnsley fan, be careful. Um, yeah. Deadly Demon writes in, as always, this this case seems okay, this this seems negative, but what do you think would happen if we didn't get promotion? You're welcome, Des. I know you're freaking about I'm not talking about promotion. I think we're all talk freaking out a little bit. Um, I think financially it will be a big loss because I think we, we're putting a lot of time into trying to run the club a little bit more sustainable. I think there's maybe a roadmap in place at the minute ready for next season. Not quite, but there's a set of books and how they're going to do next season. Uh, I worry for Darren Moore if we don't go prom get promoted. I will admit that. I personally think... I worry for Darren Moore, but I think the relationship with the two manager and chairman is strong enough for that to, which will be strong enough for that to still keep continuing, but it would be like, you have to do a flyer this season, the next season. You have to fly from get-go. And the moment it starts to dip a little bit, we may have to think about it. Uh, we, we need to get it back up. It, the main thing, we need to get back up. It'll help the bank balance. And I think it's like 7 million or 8 million we lost from getting rele relegated from the championship. If we get that back in, that can get back, back in from TV money. It will be good to see what we could uh, sort out. I think Darren Moore in the championship would be a lot better at getting... He'd been great at getting players now, but I think he'd be a lot better getting some players from Premier League clubs, talking to their loan managers... Maybe being able to get a couple of free agents out of that who will be more willing to come to a championship club than a League One club. There is a big difference. I think there is that whole situation where you say, hey, Sunderland are looking at you in the championship. And a player goes, oh, I'm in for that. And then someone goes, Sheffield Wednesday looking at you in League One. And they're like, League One? I don't think so. You know what I mean? It's that whole thing. So it all depends on what could happen. I think... I think it's a financially thing. I think the books will be interesting to see what we were like last season, how things were, because I think this season books are going on. They're either going on the season. We went down from the championship, always had them already, or it's the season. No, I think we've had them already. So I think it's the season last season we're going on. I can't remember. So the books will let know a little bit better on where we are at as a club as how we are reacting to financially, why. But I think we need to get out of League One. I think there's some players who may not want to have another season in League One. You could see some players leave. 
I think there's some players who are ready to have that championship experience now and playing the championship. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, let's just keep doing what we're doing at the moment and try and not think of that because we're doing all right at the moment. So let's let's just see what we're doing. Tuckward, everything goes okay. But, yeah, I understand that one. Let me know in the comments section below on this uh, Talking Wednesday video so we can know about what your thoughts are. If What do you think could happen if we didn't get promoted? But yeah, like to keep it a bit more positive, but I understand the question. I think it's a good question to have, uh, personally. So yeah. So our next match is Portsmouth. And Portsmouth have been on a very good record of late. Portsmouth stats are pretty damn decent. And let's have a look. Let's have a look by their form of late. Because I know their form is very good. Uh find that website that I use. Forms. Yep. So, let's go with leave one form. And let's bring this up. So, leave one. So, I've got the things. So, if we're going on the last six, Portsmouth are in third place in form. If you go in the last 10, they're in fourth place. And if you're going on their home form, their home form is seventh. Uh, they played sixth, one four, drawn one. Loft one, and I think it pumped his away record, which is decent. Uh, or Pompey's away record, where, where Pompey, uh, no, it's the home record that good. But recently, they got up to third in the form table over the last six, so they've been doing really well. Uh, new manager of Bounce is really working with John Messamimo, who come in from Oxford. Ironically, that's really interesting that they sacked their manager, he left the club, gone to Pompey. Decided to go work there. Maybe he might have stayed a little bit longer. He might have got the Oxford job. Who knows? But football's a funny game. So, the record for Pompey, 13, 12, 8, 51 points. That's 1.55 per game. They are 10th in League 1. Their home record is 7, 8, 2, 29 points. Their away record is 6, 4, 6, 22 points. They have 45 uh, goals this season with 1.36 per game. Goals against it is 37.12. They have a goal difference of 8. They got a win versus Cambridge United at the weekend. They go and play. They play Barnsley away Tuesday night. So it could be interesting to see what their situation is there. They've got a long travel. So they got to play Tuesday night at Barnsley. And then we got to go to Bratton Park on, on the Friday and play on the Saturday. Now, interestingly, in the uh, in the game for midweek, it's a big one for us. We need a massive favour from Derby County. Derby County play Plymouth at Plymouth. Now, like I said earlier, Plymouth are very good this season at home. They have an excellent home record. We need Derby County to do us a massive favour at their place and get all three points, and that might help us a little bit more with getting this uh, first place a little bit more cemented. It will be a tough game for Derby. A point would do, but I wouldn't want it. I'd rather Derby win. So let's see what Derby can do for us there. But that is the end of the Talking Wednesday podcast. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Uh, we'll see you in the next one, but take care of yourselves, look after yourselves, and let's hope that again next week we're talking about another three points and we're just keeping this momentum going one game at a time.